Welcome back to Nerdy Thoughts, a podcast where our guest gets to choose the topic they nerd out on for us to discuss. I'm Mimi. And I'm Ted. Thanks so much for joining us on this, our seventh episode of the Nerdy Thoughts podcast. It's been a wild ride so far. And uh, as of this time of recording, we're coming halfway through the last month of summer. So it feels like uh, it feels like the show is getting a little bit more on its feet. It's quite fun to be in the flow of things. How are you feeling today, Mimi? I'm good. I'm good. Although, like you mentioned, we're about halfway through that last month of summer, which means I only have just over a week left in my summer vacation before I am back at work. So that's a little bit Ooh. bittersweet for me. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah. yeah so what do, you, but, do you have anything planned for the last couple days? Uh, I do. Actually, I just planned with a friend and coworker of mine. They've They've been away all summer and they're back. Uh, really soon we're actually gonna go to the world of barbie <laughs> okay where's that yeah i'm very excited so it's close to square one in mississauga okay um and it's life-sized barbie stuff so there's like a life-size camper van and <laughs> like the living room of the dream house i think like different rooms of the dream house and there's like the life-size like barbie packaging that you can like go into and like, take <laughs> pictures <laughs> um so i'm really really excited about that actually you have um, to shoot a personal music video for aqua's barbie girl so you can record a song apparently my friend was looking into it because when i messaged him uh to see if he wanted to go i was like would you have any interest in going to the world of barbie with me he went oh hell yes what is that <laughs> 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 Nice. I love the enthusiasm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I sent him like the link to like see it. And he's like, oh, my God, you can record a song. And I I didn't know that. I honestly like I only know kind of what I saw that like popped up on my like targeted ads on Instagram. And I was just like, this looks cool. It's close. Like it's not that expensive. I think it was like 80 bucks for both of us to go. So um, for general admission. But yeah, yeah so I'm, I'm actually really looking forward to, to that. I've never done anything like that before. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. So like, I've never been to any of like the pop ups that that have come around or anything like that. So I'm I'm really excited uh, for that. Well, maybe uh, this is like, the first of many. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Um, I'm, I'm looking at going maybe one day to Fan Expo. Um, That'd be cool. Rock- yeah, Roger Sage, our first guest is going and with his partner. So I, I just I just don't know yet. There's yeah, there's a lot of moving parts uh, within the next couple of weeks that uh, I'm just not sure if I can dedicate like a whole day to something right now. Um, totally. So, yeah, but I, I am really looking forward to the world of Barbie and I'm actually getting my hair done Ooh. at least cut that morning. Uh, with oh, so right for the event. Friends. So, yeah, so it kind of worked out. Mm. But actually... I felt bad because I was like streaming and I was like telling everyone that I was going to the world of Barbie and, and Faded came on. She's like, isn't that when we're getting our hair done? And I was like, oh, shoot. So I texted <laughs> our other friends. I was like, are we going Wednesday? Are we going Thursday? Oh, my God. I, I messed up and I booked tickets for World of Barbie. She's like, we're going at like 930 in the morning to get our hair done. Like, 
I think uh, yeah. it'll be okay. And I was like, okay. I mean, it is down by the beaches. It is uh, from where I am. It can be a bit of a, a trek, especially with some of the construction that's going on right now. But mm-hmm. I think 9.30 is more than enough time to get back here for like four uh, nice. before I have to head out again. So Get dolled yeah. up before you go to the Barbie thing. Exactly. I just need to lean over. There was a better pun in there, but I, I, I couldn't get to it. <laughs> No, dolled up. That was good. Doll. Barbie. Ah, yeah, but it could have continued into the Barbie thing. You know, (laughs) ah, anyway. Yeah. I actually, it was funny. I was out uh, toy hunting with Roger uh, yesterday. Oh, cool. And I was telling him about the world of Barbie. And we walked into um, a thrift store in Mississauga. And there were these huge platform, like, multicolored striped shoes. Neon pink, neon green. What? And he's like, those are Barbie. And I was like, if I could walk in heels... <laughs> I would Can be wearing these. For, oh God, no! Not those heels. They were like six-inch heels. Like right. it was ridiculous. Um, I would have been getting them just for for the day because <laughs> <laughs> they were they were so they were oh they were amazing. They're beautiful. They're beautiful. I wish I could walk in heels, but I can barely walk in flats. So oh well, yeah. Make them flats. Yeah, yeah. Like, I bet you know, I'm sand them down. Yeah, right, just. Snap off that heel. Yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> Which I that never understand. I never understand why women in movies like Jurassic World don't just break off that heel instead of trying to run in stilettos away from dinosaurs. But whatever. That's a whole other. That's a I mean, I'd just episode. ditch the shoe. I don't care if it's got a red paint <laughs> on the bottom. I'm just, I'm throwing it. But but then you don't have protection for the bottom of your feet. Did you have a lot of protection before? <laughs> I mean, the heels can be quite substantial, especially if they're, they're more like... offensive than defensive. I think that's true. That's true. Actually, yeah, you just hold them. You got that yeah. stiletto for the for the stab. Nice stiletto to the eye. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. So, anyways, that's that's a uh, kind of yeah. Summer's winding down. Uh, I'm going to the world of Barbie. Other than that, I think any other plans will kind of be um, like last minute type type things with nice. you know, maybe go play tennis or something I, I don't know but yeah yeah not too much is new over on this end either I was trying to think I went rollers actually oh I went roller skating oh that's so cool roller skating for the first time ever I haven't been to a roller rink and like since I was a kid but mm-hmm. yeah a friend of a friend uh their girlfriend was uh or is down from Chile and uh they got a bunch of people together to go to a roller rink down here in Mississauga. That was very cool. Very Stranger Things-esque. Uh, yeah, that's what I, well, I heard about it because, I mean, we've got a similar group of friends. Yes. And I, I, I saw some photos and I was like, oh boy. Because also, uh, the friend that's in from Chile used to have a brush cut. Um, and I was just imagining a whole on 11 thing Oh my uh, in the roller rink. And <laughs> Anyway, I'm glad you guys had a blast. That looks so fun. I'm sorry I couldn't make yeah. it down. No, all it would have been so much fun, but yeah, it was it was great. I mean, I like I it was the first time I'd been on roller skates. I was a rollerblader as a kid, um, mm-hmm. but there were some really good people out there, just like vibing and dancing on their skates. And then there was like me that was like moving like a robot. But... Was anyone doing any of that like really impressive, like the spins and the drops? Oh and yeah, all the... oh that's so yeah. Cool. There were and there were like people that were clearly part of like roller derbies, and it was whoa. Yeah, it was uh, it was crazy. I I want to go again. I could um, see you doing a roller derby. <laughs> I could see it. Knocked on my ass so quick. No, 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 no. You gotta like that high center of gravity. You get low and then you knock people over. I bet you could. 
<laughs> maybe I am quite short, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, you could you could do it. That's true. Maybe who knows? Maybe one day. Oh, I was also supposed to. Um, it was too bad. I was supposed to. I had it all planned out with Laura Griffin from our last episode. I was gonna go and do a private lesson with her. Um, but things. No, it didn't work. It ended up. I ended up having to cancel, and I don't know when I'm gonna be able to to uh, reschedule with her. But uh, yeah, that was oh, hopefully, hopefully hopefully coming do down soon. the pipeline pipeline soon. <laughs> yeah, because that would that'll be great. I mean, that's just content in general, but also it, that'd be a great life skill, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, that's uh, you know, it's kind of what's going on going nice. on, on my end. What about you? What's going on with you? Oh, same. It's just, you know, end of summer stuff. But I did some some similar stuff. I didn't go uh, roller skating per se, but uh, my girlfriend and I, we went bowling and we went uh, mini golfing and we played at the arcade and it felt it felt nice. I mean, there was something to and I it might be just the Stranger Things uh, hype right now, but there's something to the 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 arcade, the bowling alley, the roller rink. That's a fun place to hang out. You're there. You're doing like a physical activity. You're competing against each other in a fun, playful way. It was great. I kicked butt bowling. <laughs> like really, I wiped the floor bowling. But she hasn't been really bowling before, so oh. <laughs> it wasn't very fair competition. But like, I was to the point where I was like checking out the um, bulletin board at the back to see like league information. Like, oh, should I should I join? Like. I'm doing I am pretty a good. Like I was, I was doing great. I mean, the ball was going right where I wanted it to go. Oh, that's amazing! Like I was looking. And, oh, I, was, I felt like a pro. It was great. Oh, but that's Sonia, my girlfriend, kicked my butt uh, in the arcade. Okay, so there's this <laughs> one game that I can do. It's that keyboard game. If you've seen it, if you've been to an arcade recently, it's got like I have actually. I got my wallet. Four giant paddles. Oh gosh, I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> But <laughs> at least you got tickets. Womp, womp. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's got these four piano keys and it's like a, you've got this grid in front of you. It's kind of like Guitar Hero and it mm. shows you which key you need to hit. I can do well in that. I can get like 70, 75 keys. I think the high score is 88. So I'm doing like good on that. So I get maybe 50 tickets. Everything else, not not great. I'm not, I'm not that good at apparently anything. So... <laughs> There's this one game, though, where it's a ball at the top of this long, uh, it's like a Plinko board. Okay. okay. And you've got this gear that you have to turn left and right, and it'll rotate platforms that are in the Plinko board. And you have to get the ball to go right in the middle to the jackpot, and you'll get 500 tickets. So, I try it, and these gears are janky, okay? It doesn't move like you need it to do. It's harder to bring it back than it is to push it to the side. All this stuff. I try it. I fail. I'm like, okay, I'm going back to, you know, the block stacker game. Sonia comes up. First try jackpot. And 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 I'm I'm blown away because that was like, oh, my gosh, that's that's crazy. Uh, fortunate. I, I don't want to call it luck because there's obviously it's a skill game. But like, that's yeah. awesome. That's amazing that that happened. Like. It's not like she planned that out. Wow. That's awesome. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. We came back at the end of the night and she did it again. No, she didn't. She did. She got a thousand tickets. Oh my God. So what what did you guys get as a prize? We got um a little um plastic it was like an emoji face with a with a body and you could squeeze it and it squeaks. And then we got <laughs> another one that's like a the same kind of body, but it's sitting down with its arms open and it's a phone stand. 
Oh my and gosh. Then we had five tickets left, so we got a pirate temporary tattoo. Nice. And which yeah. one of you got to have the pirate tattoo? Oh, of course, Sonia. Oh, she's she's I mean, the she, big winner. She was the breadwinner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are my measly tickets going to do for a emoji squeaky toy? Oh, that but isn't it isn't it kind of sad that like a thousand plus tickets cuz a thousand just from that one game uh only gets you like these dinky little yeah trinket toys yeah like, i yeah and they've got good stuff up there too like you could get like a full monopoly game or i like... know a switch they have like yeah. nintendo switch and stuff yeah but you've got to spend three times the price on the games <laughs> to, get, to get the prize so you can get the tickets unless you're sonya and you I can gonna... just spam that jackpot yeah, or be just really good. Uh, yeah. It's funny you mentioned the arcade because I don't know if I mentioned this on the last episode. I'm kind of, time has become something I don't understand right now. <laughs> <laughs> but I went to Niagara Falls with Roger and his partner and, and a friend of mine, and we went to the arcade there, mm-hmm. um, and I, I played Deal or No Deal, and I got, I won. I The what? case that I picked was the was the jackpot winner. Um, and yeah, I was like pretty pumped because I was like, I mean, it's not 500 tickets. It's only like 100. But I was like, yeah, like, yeah, that's still so cool. So good. Um, I lost my mind. I, I, I WhatsApped my friend who's always playing deal or no deal at like the theater when they go. And I was like, I was my first time and I won. But I have the video somewhere. I should actually post it on Instagram. If, if oh, I my it, gosh. I was just like, Greg, Greg, I did it. And then I lost my wallet. Or it oh. got stolen, and it was just big thing. But oh. <laughs> yeah, but for that brief moment, I was on cloud nine. <laughs> oh gosh, what a very human scenario! Right, such massive success, accompanied by a massive by loss, massive failure. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So I mean, arcades though, it's you know you bring it back, like bringing it back to Stranger Things. It's like arcades were very big in like the eighties and kind of trickled into the nineties too. So like. For a big part of my, I mean, I'm a little bit older than you, but, um, you know, for my childhood, like, yeah, like the bowling, the arcades and, and like the roller rinks, like those were huge things to do for birthday parties and, you know, night outs when you're a little yeah. bit older. So it's, it's, you know, they do say, they say the nineties are coming back. So it's, I guess it's kind of like, yeah, I know only natural that this stuff is like becoming uh, the thing to do on a Friday or Saturday night. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's, I think it's what, because the people who were growing up and were kids during the 90s are looking for things for their kids to do. And they're like, oh, what comes to my mind? Bowling. Hey, yeah. arcade. Hey, let's play Pogs. Yeah. And like, oh, Pogs. <laughs> oh, I actually have a really cool story. Not about Pogs, but just about like retro like things. Um, So I, a long time ago. I beginning of the summer. I don't even think school was out yet. I was at a garage sale and I found this bin of Polly Pockets. Mm-hmm. And I love Polly Pockets. When I was a kid, I was like, okay, I need these. I don't know what I'm going to do with them. I'll, I'll keep some. I'll sell some. Like, I don't know. I, I go up to the, the guy and I was like, how much for the Polly Pockets? And he was like, five bucks for like the bin. And I was like, deal. <laughs> it, like, you know, it didn't have any Polly's or anything, but like just the, you know, the houses and stuff alone are yeah. so nostalgic. Oh, that's so cool. So I'm going through them recently and trying to decide, like, okay, like, you know, I've got to declutter a little bit. So I'm like, I got to sell some of these. So I I Google lensed one of 
the polys that I wasn't quite sure about. Um, and mm-hmm. for anyone that doesn't know, Google Lens will take an image of what you're looking for and bring up similar things on on Google just to kind of help you find something. And it is an Alice in Wonderland, like 1998 Mattel Polly Pocket. On eBay, if it's the complete set, it goes for $700. No. Yeah. What? Just, just the house alone goes for between like five and $600. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So I'm looking at it. It's sitting on my shelf over there. <laughs> and I'm like, you, you're special. <laughs> Someone needs to buy you. <laughs> I'm constantly amazed at the value of things that we thought were just, you know, toys. I And I had no idea it was Alice in Wonderland. Now, like, knowing it now and opening it up and looking kind of at the details, I'm like, oh, yeah, there's, like, the Queen of Hearts card and, like, all of this stuff. But I'm like, you, I got to sell you to fund my new Funko Pop addiction. <laughs> <laughs> Do they have a Polly Pop and Funko Pop? They actually do have a Polly Pocket no, Funko Pop. Yes, stop. I, I saw it for the first time in Niagara Falls because uh, Roger, Roger's partner is a uh, she loves Polly Pocket. So actually, I gave her one of the Pollies because I was like, I don't need all these. Like, take yeah. one. Yeah. And then we were when we were in uh, one of the comic book stores in Niagara. She's like, there is a Polly Pocket Funko Pop, and I was very close to buying it. And I actually I saw one again yesterday when I was out toy hunting with Roger and I very close to getting it. But I'm just like, ah, I don't know. Like, if I'm going to have a Polly Pocket anything, I want like a Polly Pocket original thing, which I have. Um, but yeah, Funko, nice. Funko Pops are my new addiction right now. So very cool. Yeah. Very cool. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, sorry to like, uh, I think I feel like I hijacked your what's new. <laughs> Oh, no, 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 no. I literally told you everything that's new. It was the okay. arcade and the bowling alley. Very fun. Awesome. And were those like local places or did you guys yeah. go somewhere? Yeah. Yeah. They're actually, um, uh, I call him my uncle because he's my dad's, uh, one of my dad's best friends, but his family kind of started the whole chain out there and stuff. So it's fun to kind of, I've been going there since I was a kid um, and it's very fun to go there. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very sweet. But it actually, um, you going to the roller rink, me going to the bowling alley, <laughs> all seems very Stranger Things. And uh, I know you and I are huge Stranger Things fans. We oh, both watched this most recent huge. season. I, I don't know if we're that kind of show that talks about what happened during the season, but it was one of the best seasons of the series. It was so Probably good. And like, I feel bad saying this, but... I feel like the nature of our podcast is there's going to be spoilers for things. So if you haven't watched Stranger Things, just beware there might be spoilers. It's also been out mm-hmm. for quite a while. So, I mean, if you haven't watched it, what are you doing? True. True. <laughs> uh, yeah. True. Get in there. <laughs> but uh, I feel like it's just there are going to be spoilers for any topic that we discuss on the show. So Fair. if you haven't watched it, listen to this episode another time. Go watch it now, right now. Cancel and then come all back. your plans and then come back. Because <laughs> we're going to be talking about the Hellfire Club. Woo! Oh, I got the coolest thing yesterday that I don't even want to talk about yet because I'm going to be, I haven't talked. Okay, anyways. Just go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, uh, today we thought, Mimi and I thought it would be kind of fun because um, we're coming to the end of the summer. Uh, we wanted to do a little bit more of a chill podcast today. Uh, we're going to roll a D&D character for Mimi. Uh, I'm and, so excited. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. Now, I'm not gonna say I'm an expert D and D player by no means. I'm fairly casual. Um, 
I've DM'd maybe one campaign and I've played in a couple others. Um, but I have a good enough knowledge that we can kind of get a character together. And uh, I'm working on a campaign that uh, I think you're going to enjoy. Uh, but that'll be an out of, you know, probably yeah. October thing. That's That gives me a lot of time to prepare because I don't know anything really about uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Like I'm just thinking uh, for people that don't know, a, a DM is a dungeon master. <laughs> it's oh, not true. a direct message. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, so I'm I you know I, I did a little bit of research. I I, I didn't want to do too too much because I, I you know it's I feel like it'll be more fun kind of with me learning as we go. So I have like kind mm-hmm. of like a brief little like blueprints of what I want for my character. But other than that, I I I'm very 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 new to this. So yeah. it's gonna be good. It's gonna be exciting. <laughs> well, uh, I'm very excited to to start this journey with you. Dungeons and Dragons uh, is a very fun thing that. Has recently, of course, gotten very popular. Uh, I would say largely in part to its inclusion in in Stranger Things and the success of Stranger Things mm-hmm. and making D&D look fun. Because yes. those kids have a blast playing in the show. They do. And I mean, for me, it's I feel like like Dungeons and Dragons, it was it was really big back whenever. And it's kind of been like a thing that's always been around. Mm-hmm. Like I was watching community episodes and there are a couple episodes oh, yeah. of community where they play True. Dungeons and Dragons. And I remember... That was kind of my first exposure to it where I was kind of like, I'd like to get in on this. But like, where do you start? (laughs) True, true. And I mean, when I was going to school, uh, there was one person that I knew of, maybe two that played Dungeons and Dragons. And they were fairly cool, but but Dungeons and Dragons wasn't fairly cool. So no one really talked about it. No one really, you know, played it. Not out of my friends. uh, and I was with the fairly nerdy group. We didn't have Dungeons and Dragons. Um, it was only really in college when uh, I kind of tried it with my friends and, and realized how fun it was. Um, yeah. But I think one of the things that contributed to that was not only the whole, oh, geek, Star Trek, Star Wars, all rolled into one thing, kind of bad reputation that it has i don't understand why that's a bad reputation but it's a bad reputation for some i don't get it there's monsters right like well, anything of the unknown i feel is like in people a, like oh exactly <laughs> as soon as it's fantasy as soon as it's you know imagination magic. or magic or princesses or anything yeah. like that it becomes not cool but there, in addition to that there was this huge and it's mentioned you know it's it's kind of parodied not parodied it's carried out in the Stranger Things episode is there was this huge moral panic about Dungeons and Dragons, specifically by some fairly fundamental religious communities. But it spread out and it it became sort of a a talking point that, oh, well, why would you want to play a game where you pretend to be demons and pretend to cast magic? And that's evil. And that's oh, it's in line with the devil. Exactly. It was so bad. (laughs) It was so bad that they actually, um, before the game was bought by Wizards of the Coast, um, which is the same company that makes Magic the Gathering, uh, before they were bought in 1997, they had to take out the words demon, uh, hell, Satan. They kind of purified their stories so that they didn't mention anything along those lines. It was later that Magic the Gathering, uh, sorry, Wizards of the Coast started putting in uh, the words again. Wow. I, yeah. I see. I didn't know that. I knew there was like a huge I walked I watched a documentary. I think I mentioned this on a previous podcast about like different kinds of games. 
Um, and there was a focus on like D&D and how, yeah, like it was a lot associated with like demonic cults and stuff. And like you said, you see that carried out in Stranger Things with Eddie Munson. And yeah. And it's, just, it's, and so, that it's bully. so unfortunate. Yeah, like, oh, that bully. I you forget know. his name, but every time he comes on screen, you just want to hit something. His face. Oh, the whole don't... scene with the, like, spoiler alert. Oh, skip yeah. this if you want to. But at, at the near the very end with Lucas yeah. when he's in the house with Max and Erica's oh. in the park. Mm. And, and, and the two Football basketball players go after both Lucas and Erica. And I was like, I want to hit you in your face. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, I hated the basketball like, players on, so Erica. much. Come on, Erica. <laughs> I don't think he got a bad enough death. I don't think getting no, cut in really. half by the by the rift was, no, was uh, nearly quick. enough. He has to suffer. Yeah, it was way too quick. I, I'm, that's what, so dark. For but... what he caused to happen to Max, like I, this awful. I, I feel awful like saying this, but. What he caused Max to now the situation she's in mm-hmm. getting split in half not enough. No, no, too quick a death. Yeah, too easy. No, no. <laughs> that show makes makes some dark viewing. Um, it anyway. makes you realize who you are. <laughs> so yeah, it, it, uh, this game, the the moral panic surrounding it really only came to a close in like 2016. Like it really is really? that recent. Yeah, um, there was, a, I think it was a Washington Post or New York Times article that came out that started talking about how the attention is shifting more these days towards video games, violence in yeah. video games and uh, demonic things in video games along those lines. They've left D&D alone because, as you mentioned, D&D started to get more of a pop culture uh, boost when it started to be seen in mainstream things like community uh, that made people want to play it. Because it was yeah. fun. It was associated with fun, cool people. Oh, my God. That's, it's just, it, it baffles me, like, how far you think we've come in certain areas. And then you find out something like this that only stopped in, like, 2016. Yeah. Yeah. Because now everyone wants, like, I bring up Dungeons and Dragons to anyone. They're like, oh, that's so cool. I've always wanted to play. That's where you get to pretend to be like a wizard and, and throw fireballs and stuff. And it's like, yeah, you can. Or you can pretend to be a, I'm a halfling bard who uh, is really good with a rapier and also a loot. You know, you can be anything. It's a fun imagination game. Yeah. Oh, oh I'm just, I'm so excited. Yeah. Well, uh, then let's kind of dive in. What is Dungeons and Dragons? So uh, it is. I think in an easy layman's way to say it, it's like World of Warcraft without a computer. Um, oh, yeah, kind of that's a, a basic good way of... Overhead. Uh, it's a fantasy game where you choose a character who is uh, of a certain race, who, which means kind of species, um, and you have a certain class, which is the job you perform within a team. You go on quests um, where you explore and you get into combat and you interact with players and non-player characters uh, for the goal of kind of a collective storytelling. So the person who is in charge of telling everything what happens, they're called the game master or the dungeon master. Um, They kind of are the master of all the enemies you face, all the non-player characters you talk to. Um, They tell you stuff like you wake up in a tavern room at dusk. Uh, they set the story for you. And when they need you to 
do a uh, feat or perform a task, they have a certain uh, threshold you need to meet for skill checks. Now, what are skill checks? Uh, D&D is a game based on throwing dice. So you want dice rolls decide uh, how well you do on tasks or how well, for example, spells you perform are or uh, attacks you go. Uh, attacks you perform do <laughs> so everything kind of has to meet uh, a threshold that the game master has so uh, there's difficulty thresholds there's armor thresholds so say for example you want to jump over a large pit well that's pretty difficult so I would say you have to roll your d20 die and you have to get over 15 right or else you fail in some way so if you roll over 15, you clear the jump. That's awesome. If you roll a 20, which is like a critical success, it's not combat, so it's up to the DM's discretion. But you could do it really, really well where, you know, something good happens. Or if you roll a 1 where you critically fail, you could do it so poorly that your life is in danger. Oh, my gosh. So it's all up to the to the roll of the dice, and, it, and it's quite fun, and it, and it leads to a very immersive experience where players take on the characters that they create and interact with each other as those characters and uh, play the game that way. That's so awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's a very fun game, and and it can go for as long or as short as you want. So you can have one-shot campaigns if you just want to have a quick story. Or um, I'm from a town called London, Ontario. We have the longest-running D&D campaign co- uh, going here. Really? Uh, yeah, Robert A. Ward Howe. Okay, this game has been going for like 30-something years. Whoa! I'm writing this down. Yeah, it is the longest-running D&D game continuously ever. He's a professor, I think a history professor at Western University. Um, and he just <laughs> he just has this massively long campaign that's been going forever. Um, there's a great video on YouTube uh, called... I forget what it's called, but it's by Wired, and it does a little profile on him. And oh it's a very intense campaign. People come around from all over the world to play. Uh, it, it's amazing. You can't touch That's... anything because he's super specific. He touches the oh, things wow. and you play. What? So Robert? Uh, Robert Ward Howe. Uh, W-A-R-D-H-A-U-G-H. I'm going to need you to spell that one more time. You went too fast. Sorry? W-A-R-D Ward H-A-U-G-H. Okay, thank you. What a name. That that just screams Dungeon Master. Doesn't it? It also screams History Professor. It really does. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. um, without further ado, I think we got to start at the beginning, which is, the. I mean, when you open up World of Warcraft, you get your character selection screen. <laughs> so, in D&D, we, we, have to, we have a couple steps that we need to do. First okay. thing we're going to do is come up with, well, you can if you want. Come up with some sort of concept for what your character is going to be. So do you want to be some brave, strong warrior from a family lineage of warriors that is on a, a mission to take out evil wherever they see it? Or are you some secretive uh, gnome hiding out in the highlands trying to survive? You know, you... you you can come up with an idea. Gosh. Okay. Um. Oh, oh my gosh, I'm already stuck. Because it's <laughs> well, like, what kind it's of, like. Imagine yourself. Sorry. Imagine yourself in the middle of an adventure. Okay, you're in a locked room. Mm-hmm. Okay, and okay. Imagine it's like an escape room. 
How would you get your way out if you could do anything? I'd bat my eyelashes and say, please let me out. (laughs) Okay, that's that's a skill. I feel like uh, that's a skill. You can be a bard, yeah, persuasion, for sure. A bard? But I don't want to be a bard. <laughs> I want to be an elf. I want to be like a sneaky little elf. You want to be a sneaky elf? Yes, a sneaky little elf, because I'm not I'm not very good at sneaking in real life. I'm okay. not lith, I'm not lithe or lith or whatever. I'm not graceful. I want to be like a graceful, sneaky little elf. Okay, and why do you want to be sneaky as an elf? Other than uh, because you're not sneaky in real life. What, what would you do with your sneakiness? I just feel like it's like when the rest of your crew is like distracting or something, it's like then you can be like sneaking around, pulling strings, uh, going about your business without being noticed. I like that. I think that concept is awesome. And I think it works <laughs> perfectly because there is a class specifically for that. Is there actually? There is. And it's called the rogue. What? Oh yeah. My gosh. I'm excited. Yeah, so we'll get there. Uh, so we want to be an elf. That's that's yes. a great place to start. So let's. Uh, I'm gonna open up. Um, there's a few tools you need to play D and D. Okay, as a player. Okay. We're not gonna go into the dungeon master type realm of things, but as a player, <laughs> you need a set of dice. Okay, and that dice usually that set usually consists of seven different dice um, of different face shapes. You oh, identify wow. dice um, by how many sides they have, how many faces they have. Um, so a normal die that you would see in most games is a six sided die. You would call it a D six um, and uh, a 20 sided die, which is the common uh, die for Dungeons and Dragons would be a D 20. So in okay. a full set of dice, you're going to have a D 20, a D 10, uh, sorry, a D 12, uh, two D 10s, a D eight, a D six and a D four. Oh my so goodness. Four-sided die, eight-sided die, twelve-sided die, two ten-sided die. Uh, oh twelve-sided die and a twenty-sided die. They're and all used for different some, things. You can get some really pretty die as well. Uh, mine are uh, either stone or metal. Yeah, there's They're like when I was at heavy. Anime North, there was like a crazy amount of dice that you could buy, and I was just like, "These are so pretty." Anyways, I'm getting it off. matters. <laughs> no, it matters. I have, I have, I did that. I got some nice premium dice. I spent you know sixty or eighty dollars on these guys. It's, hey, you mean, don't like, need to spend that much, but yeah. these are awesome. They're like, they're if it's from something a, you're interested in and like are really into, like, go for it. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Like, yeah. Paints on these. Also, we'll, we'll post a uh, photo on the Instagram because yes. these are really beautiful dice. Uh, they're nice. They got a beautiful paint on them. I think they're they're metal. Uh, they're from a company called Die Hard. Um, and I got these dice because not only are they my favorite color and they're sparkly, but in the bottom of it, it came with a business card um, that on it had an insult generator <laughs> with three columns, uh, and you roll three d10s, and depending on what you rolled on the d10 would be your insult. Um, so and because good. I'm a bard, one of our spells is vicious mockery, where you you say an insult that's laced with subtle magic that uh, if it affects your opponent, they're hit with uh, some psychic damage and uh, they get disadvantage on their next attack roll. I almost spit out my drink. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's quite fun. So you could just roll it and be you. And I don't have the card on me, but it would be like you yeah. 
slimy footed yellow uh hobgoblin i don't know <laughs> you cotton head it ninny mugget yeah <laughs> it's my favorite insult of in the whole world <laughs> yeah it's all very tame kind of fun shakespearean bardy stuff but i like playing bards so uh it, it works for me oh that's amazing um but the the other tools you'll need for D are books um the main one you will need is the player's handbook you don't need the dungeon master's guide necessarily. You don't need the the monster guide or the spell book guides or anything. Everything is kind of up to you. But the one you need as a player is the player's handbook. All right, this I got is that. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. Uh, this is the book that has the basic classes. Um, this isn't an exhaustive list of classes in this book, but uh, there are There's other books. There's a lot. There's a lot. Like I was thing, overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah. Well, and there's there's one main rule in D&D, which is everything is at the game master's discretion. Yeah. So if you have an outside class that you want to make and you discuss it with your game master and they're cool with it, that could be a new class. That could be a new race. That could be a new oh, spell. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. There's no there's no real limit to this game. There's some there's some rules when it comes to how interactions happen in terms of combat and in terms of what some specific items do. But for the most of it, it's, everything's at the game master's discretion. Yeah. So much power. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we're going to be playing D&D 5e. Okay, that's the edition of the game we're on. That's like the expansion or the the edition. It's like you play Civ 6 instead of Civ 5 or Overwatch 2 um, if you're in the pro league. I'm bitter about it. So let's <laughs> choose our race. We're going to go elf, right? Yes, elf. So I'm going to go in my DM guide here. or uh, Sorry, the uh, player's handbook. And I'm going to go to the page... It says elf, and I'm going to read it out. We're going to go through this. It's going to be quite fun. Okay, I'm ready. Elves are a magical people of otherworldly grace, living in the world but not entirely part of it. They live in places of ethereal beauty, in the midst of ancient forests, or in silvery spires glittering with fairy light, where soft music drifts through the air and gentle fragrances waft on the breeze. Elves love nature and magic, art and artistry, music and poetry, and the good things of the world. Sounds like an elf. <laughs> it does sound like an elf. And actually, a lot of that, uh, like, you know, like loving nature and and everything like that and magic and stuff like that is very much so me. And there was also a part where, where is it? Uh, living in the world, but not entirely part of it. I feel like that a lot sometimes. <laughs> As you read that out, I was like, oh, I relate to that on a very high level. <laughs> fair, fair. <laughs> Uh, before I go too much farther, actually, this brings up a good point. We're going to need to, we're making this character, but where do we make this character, right? Uh, on paper. Yes, I've got my little notebook. Good. Okay. But there's an even better resource for you. Okay. And it was recently, it is an official resource for D&D because it was purchased by Wizards of the Coast. Uh, it is a website or an app. It's called D&D Beyond. I'm going to open that up on my phone because if I do it on my keyboard, everyone's going to hear click, 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 click every time I type something. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, can you tell me that website again? Sorry. Yes. D-N-D. Yep. Beyond. Oh, there we go. Official digital D&D content. Yes. I'm going to assume that I go to character builder. Yes, we're going to go to the character builder. Okay. Get started for free. I like that. Oh, I got to create an account. Okay, this shouldn't take me too long. Oh my god, I already have to choose a name. You can you can uh, edit it later. Just put in okay. Mimi for now, and we'll we'll okay. change your name. Okay, 
Oh, God, that was stressful. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be a cool name. You know? Yeah, yeah, no, names are super important. That name is taken. You know what? I'm just going to do my, my handle because that better not be taken. There we go. Okay. All right. Let's oh, begin. I think that's just going to be your account. I think name. I should probably just. Oh, true, true, true. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm ready. Let's nice. begin. Do okay, I let's so, begin? Uh, yeah. Yeah. That should take you to a character creation. Okay. Oh. Character creation method. Choose one of three ways to create my character. Yeah. So we're going to choose standard. Okay. Because you can also choose quick build or random. We don't want a random character. And quick build is is good. If you want to build like NPCs, I would use that more right. for, for characters that you're not going to play. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. Um, so in here, we get to choose the character's name. Right now, it's just going to be set to your profile name's character. Mm-hmm. So it'll just say Mimi's character. Yeah. Um, you can add a picture. We can do that later. I'll do that later, yeah. Uh, sources. It allows us to grab different sources for where we're grabbing our content from. We're just going to be working with D&D 5e base edition here. So you don't need oh. to have anything but the uh, the Magic Gathering content will be on and the Eberron content will be on. That's yes. fine. You can keep that on. There's Rick and Morty content. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, there is. <laughs> you can, there's Pokemon. I'm telling what? you, there's. Oh you gosh. can do anything in this. Oh, um, my latte. Oh, my latte. Oh, my latte. <laughs> uh, we want to enable dice rolling. Yeah, it's good. I got that on. Okay, don't worry about the optional features. Okay. When we go to advancement type, I like to use XP. So we're going to use XP. Okay. Are you sure? Yes. Yes. Hit point type. Uh, we're going to go manual. Okay. Cool. Nice. Mm, actually, for ease, oh. let's just do fixed. Let's just All do right. fixed. All right. <laughs> Easy, easy. Uh, use prerequisites. Keep that on. I don't think you really need to change anything else. Okay. Um, encumbrance. You can use that. You cannot use that. That's up to your GM. I think I'm going to be leading the campaign that you're going to go on. So I'm going to say yeah. yes, encumbrance. Okay. That means that the things that you carry weigh. And if you carry too much weight, you're going to be slowed. Oh. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. okay, okay. Uh, we can also choose to ignore coin weight. I prefer to do that because I'm used to the RPG world where, you know, you don't have to really compensate for what's in your bank. Yeah, that seems like a lot of math if you're going to incorporate your coin weight into it. Yeah, so, we, so we're, we're going to select ignore coin weight. Okay. Because um, I don't particularly care about encumbrance. It's just like I don't want you to be able to carry an unlimited backpack. That's fair. He's a tough dungeon master, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Everything else is good, so we can click the next arrow. Okay. Okay, now we're on to the race. <gasps> okay. We got a lot of these, but let's just click elf because... Wait, what? Okay. Oh. Oh, all sources. Sorry. Okay. All right, I'm here. Oh my gosh, there's sub-races. There are sub-races. So let's go back to the player's handbook before we okay. get too far, and we're going to go read a little bit more about elves. Okay. So elves are slender and graceful. With their unearthly grace and fine features, elves appear hauntingly beautiful to humans and members of many other races. They're slightly shorter than humans on average, ranging from well under five feet to just over six feet. They are more slender than humans, weighing only 100 to 145 pounds. Males and females are about the same height, and males are only marginally heavier than females. 
Elves coloration encompasses the normal human range and also includes skin in shades of copper, bronze, and almost bluish white, hair of green or blue, and eyes like pools of liquid gold or silver. Very nice. Elves have no facial and little body hair. Uh, they favor like elegant that. clothing. <laughs> they favor <laughs> elegant clothing in bright colors, and they enjoy simple yet lovely jewelry. Uh, elves can live to well over 700 years old, giving them a broad <laughs> perspective on events that might trouble the shorter-lived races more deeply. They are more often amused than excited. They are more likely to be curious than greedy. They tend to remain aloof and unfazed by petty happenstance. When pursuing a goal, however, whether adventuring on a mission or learning a new skill or art, elves can be focused and relentless. They are slow to make friends and enemies, and even slower to forget them. They reply to petty insults with disdain and no serious insults with vengeance. Oh, sorry, and to serious uh, insults with vengeance. They're proud. Uh, like the branches of a young tree, elves are flexible in the face of danger. They trust in diplomacy and compromise to resolve differences before they escalate to violence. They've been known to retreat from intrusions into their woodland homes, confident that they can simply wait the invaders out. But when the need arises, elves reveal a stern martial side, demonstrating skill with sword, bow, and strategy. Most elves dwell in small forest villages hidden among the trees. Elves hunt game, gather food, and grow vegetables, and their skill and magic allows them to support themselves without the need for clearing and plowing land. They are talented artisans, crafting finely worked clothes and art objects. Their contact with outsiders is usually limited, though a few elves make a good living by trading crafted items for metals, which they have no interest in mining. Elves encountered roadside, uh, sorry, elves encountered outside their own lands are commonly traveling minstrels, artists, or sages. Human nobles compete for the services of elf instructors to teach them sword player magic to their children. Directly from the handbook. Right there. Uh, I need to zoom in on this a little bit. I, I just wasn't sure if we have to say that we're reading directly from it. I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> this is all Copyright quoted from, issues? I don't know. <laughs> no, this is all quoted right from the D&D 5D handbook. Um, the more that we talk about elves, like the more and more happy I am with my choice. All right. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, where are they from? Most elves dwell in small forest villages hidden among the trees. Elves hunt game, gather food. I just read that. Exploration and adventure. Elves take up adventuring out of wanderlust. Since they are so long-lived, they can enjoy centuries of exploration and discovery. They dislike the pace of human society, which is regimented from day to day, but constantly changing over decades, so they find careers that let them travel freely and set their own pace. Elves also enjoy exercising their martial prowess or gaining greater magical power, and adventuring allows them to do so. Some might, some might join with rebels fighting uh, against oppression, and others might become champions of moral causes. Now let's talk about their names. <laughs> Elves are con considered children until they declare themselves to be adults. Sometime after the 100th birthday or before this period, they are called by child names. On declaring adulthood, an elf selects an adult name, although those who knew him or her as a youngster might continue to call them the child's name. Each elf's adult name is a unique creation though it might reflect the names of respected individuals or other family members. Little distinction exists between male names and female names. The groupings here reflect only general tendencies. They give some examples. In addition, every elf bears a family name, typically a combination of other elvish words. Some elves traveling among humans translate their family names into common, but others retain the elvish version. 
So here's some examples of some child names. Ara, Bryn, Del, Aaron, Fan, Inil, Lael, Mela, Nail, Neris, Fan, Rael, Rin, Sai, Silin, Tia, Val. Uh, and here's some, oh, they give us some male adult names and some female adult names. Yeah, there's a ton of names. male and female adult names, too. With but it family sounds names. like uh, family names. So they're, they're going to be elf words put together. So it's kind of like the European convention for naming. Okay. Um, so you've got Amakir, which means gem flower, Amastasia, star flower, uh, Galanodal, moon whisper. Holomian, Diamond Dew. Um, yeah, stuff like that. Uh, like, <laughs> sorry, there's, there's so many of these. Hard. Yeah. <laughs> Ilfelkir, Gem Blossom. Ilfelkir? Yeah, Ilfelkir. Ilfelkir. Yeah, that's the one. Ilfelkir. Cyanodal. Oh, I like Cyanodal Moonbrook. I also like. Um... The Amakir gem flower, but also Gal- Galanadel. There's some really cool ones. Moon Whisper. I don't know. There's there's a lot of cool names here. Yeah, Galanadel. I don't speak Elvish, obviously, so I don't know if that's the right way to pronounce it. But that's a beautiful name. Yeah, I like that. So, uh, do you have any idea of what you want your character to be named? Oh shoot. Um, I choose from these ones, right? Yes. Okay. Oh, you, no, you can choose whatever you want. You don't have to choose from these ones. And I'm probably going to choose from these ones just because they sound so cool. <laughs> True. But is a family name that's like a last name? Yeah. Oh. But could I use it as my first name? Some or people no, go by that... their last names as their first name. Because but... I really like... It would be more common to not use it as your first to name. To not do that? Okay. Okay, let's see. Let's see what goes nice with Galanadel, if I can say this right. Okay, so I'm looking at these female adult names. So your character's an adult. That gives an idea of kind of the age. That's awesome. Yes. So you're over 100. I would like to be an adult. Yes, I'm over 100 years old. And I like Lishana. Or hold on. Mia Lee. Ooh, Mia Lee. I like that one. Mia Lee, because it kind of sounds like Mimi. Oh, I'm nice. that one. Okay. Yeah, Mia Lee. Mia Lee. Galanadel. Mia Lee Galanadel. That sounds so nice. I like that, too. It flows, you know? Nice. Okay. So we've got a name. We've got an age. We have some kind of idea of what she looks like, right? Yes. Well, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> that's more in your head, than, and that's where that Yeah. <laughs> Um, so the reason that, uh, the race is important is because each race has their own traits. Okay. Now dwarves are different from elves are different from humans are different from dragonborn. So elves do their own things especially well. So you've got, um, a dexterity score increase of two just for being an elf. So that means elves are naturally nimble. (laughs) They're able to do things like, uh, fine motor tasks or uh, fight with uh, precision weapons. Oh, wouldn't that be lovely to be able to do? Yeah. Without tripping your own, over your own two feet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can live up to be about 750 years old. That's considered, you know, death age for, for uh, elf. Oh, my gosh. Um, 
you're about five to six feet, as we talked about. Your base walking speed is 30 feet, which is pretty typical for an average-sized creature. Okay. Um, but elves are fairly, have those keen senses, so you have the ability to see in the dark. So you have what's called dark vision. Right. So what that means is in dim environments, you can see fairly uh, well. You can see 60 feet in front of you as though it were bright light in dim environments. That's so cool. Yes. And in darkness, uh, it looks like it's dim light. Hello, darkness, my old friend. Sorry, I had to. I had yeah. to. Which is really good <laughs> if you're a rogue because then you don't need lights to 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 carry around with you when you're true. sneaking. True. That's so true. Mm-hmm. And 60 feet is a pretty large area to be able to see around you so you can have your wits about you. Yeah. Oh, um, and it could be even higher depending on what kind of elf I choose to be. Yes, exactly. Once we get into the, the subclasses, uh, the subraces, um, you have perception. Uh, sorry, you have proficiency in perception. So that means you get to add a little extra score to any perception rules you do. So if you're walking into a place and you want to see what it looks like and you want to do a perception check to see what you see, um, you get to roll your d20 and then you add your skill to your roll. So say you roll a 15 and you have a modifier of two, you actually roll a 17. That's cool. Yeah, it's quite it's quite helpful. Um, you have advantage on saving throws against being charmed and magic can't put you to sleep. So that what that means, if someone's trying to charm you, uh, typically you'll have to roll a d20 to overcome their charisma score. Okay. Um, or whatever they're using to cast their magic, typically charisma. Um, if you roll under it on your first roll, you have advantage. So you get to take, you get to roll again and take the higher roll. Oh. Exactly. Very useful. And also the magic yeah. can't put you to sleep is really helpful on some traps. So, yeah, I can imagine. Um, here's the other thing. Elves don't need to sleep, so they can't be put to sleep. <gasps> they meditate, remaining semi-conscious for four hours a day. <laughs> While meditating, you can dream after a fashion. Such dreams are actually mental exercises that have become reflexive through years of practice. After, rest after resting in this way, you gain the same benefit that a human does from eight hours of sleep. Oh my gosh, I want to be an elf in real life. <laughs> True. <laughs> well, this is really good because um, when you cast spells, you have to use spell slots. And spell slots are how many times you can cast spells for your level. Okay. They reset with long rests, like full nights of sleep. You can do that in half the time. Now, even <laughs> though you're going to be a rogue, that's very useful. That's very oh good. God. Uh, so also, there's a bunch of languages in this world of D&D. You can speak Elvish, but you can also speak Common. Nice. Perfect. Nice. Common, is that like English? Like, like well, whatever, yeah, like, it's, it's, yeah. it's the language it's that like, everyone speaks. It's the lingua right, franca. Right, okay. Yeah, yeah. okay. Um, so there are three subclass or subraces that they mention here. We've got the yes. Dark Elf or the Drow, the High Elf, and uh, the Wood Elf. They each get yeah. some extra ability scores. I'm not going to read the uh, too much about them. Um, yeah. But the high elves got get a higher intelligence score, proficiency with long sword, short sword, short bow, and long bow. Uh, our wood elves 
have more wisdom. Uh, long sword, short sword, short bow, long bow. Uh, they have faster walking, okay. so they can go faster. And you can also attempt to hide when you are only lightly obscured by foliage, heavy rain, falling snow, mist, and other natural phenomena. That's cool. Yes, I would say that sounds more like a Legolas type elf. Yes, it yes it really does. Yeah, and uh, my bow. You and you've got the drow. And my ox. Sorry. Uh, the drow. <laughs> <laughs> the drow are like dark elves, so um, they have a charisma score increase. They have a larger dark vision radius. Um, you have disadvantage on attack rolls and on wisdom checks that rely on sight when you or the target you attack or whatever you're trying to perceive is directly in sunlight. So you have a disadvantage when it's bright out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but as a rogue, that might not affect you as much because you try to stick to the shadows. Then again, uh-huh. I would be I would I would be careful I'm with a that. Hesitant with that, yeah. I don't like um, a disadvantage. Fair. <laughs> Uh, you know the dancing lights cantrip. When you reach the third level, you can cast the fairy fire spell once per day. When you reach the fifth level, you can also cast the darkness spell once per day. Charisma is your spell casting ability for these spells. So these are um, spells that you'll have access to. We can get more into these spells later, but they're good basic level spells. Fairy fire is a good spell. Uh, dancing lights is a fun cantrip. Cantrip is a spell that you can cast anytime. Okay. Um, do any of those just from that brief kind of read through of their abilities sound interesting to you yeah i kind of feel like i'm leaning towards a wood elf wood elf all right yeah as a wood elf you have keen senses and intuition and your fleet feet carry you quickly and stealthily through your native forests this category includes the wild elves the grugach or of greyhawk and the kagonesti of dragon lace dragon lance pardon me as well as the races called Wood Elves in Greyhawk and the Forgotten Realms. In Faerun, Wood Elves, also called Wild Elves, Green Elves, or Forest Elves, are reclusive and distrusting of non-elves. Wood Elves' skin tends to be copperish in hue, sometimes with traces of green. Their hair tends towards browns and blacks, but is occasionally blonde or copper-colored. Their eyes are green, brown, or hazel. Yeah, I'm thinking that one. Let me just look at High Elf again. Okay. As a high elf, you have a keen mind and a mastery of at least the basics of magic. In many of the worlds of D&D, there are two kinds of high elves. One type, which includes the gray elves and valley elves of Greyhawk, uh, Yada, is haughty and reclusive, believing themselves to be superior to non-elves and even other elves. The other type uh, are common and more friendly and are often encountered among humans and other races. The Sun Elves of Faerun, also called Gold Elves or Sunrise Elves, have bronze skin and hair of copper, black, or golden blonde. Their eyes are golden, silver, or black. Moon Elves, also called Silver Elves or Grey Elves, are much paler, with alabaster skin, sometimes tinged with blue. They often have hair of silver white, black, or blue, but sometimes shades of blonde, brown, or red are not uncommon. Their eyes are blue or green and flecked with gold. Oh shoot, I might go High Elf. High Elf? That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit of the basics elf. of magic. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of what what got me there. <laughs> and the cool, proficiency cool, cool. with like the long sword, short sword, like the the weapons, and then also I'm just looking. You got one extra language, which is cool. Yeah, I'm gonna go high elf. I think. Very very cool. In. Very very cool. Uh, you know one cantrip of your choice from the wizard spell list. Intelligence is your spellcaster. 
you can speak, read, and write one extra language. That is awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Cool, so right? Yeah. yeah, let's go for a high elf. So okay. uh, back in D&D Beyond, let's click on a high elf. Let's Perfect. click choose race. It's going to awesome. tell you everything I just read out to you. Yes, yeah. Um, but it's going to give you a choice to choose oh. your cantrip. Yes. And we were talking rogue. Yes. Wait, my cantrip. Wait, what? Yes, you have to choose a cantrip. We may There's do this not... later. Oh, here it is. Okay, sorry. We could skip this and do the spells later. No, 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 oh, no. We can do this. Okay. Oh, God. Okay. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> There's some. There's some cool uh, spells here. Oh my gosh. Cool. Oh my god, how do I choose? Also, is there a description about all of these? Yeah, yeah, there there is. Um there's a book of spells, or you can also look them up online. Um that that helps really well. Yeah. I'm gonna pull up a little spell book here. Okay. Um and be able to give you a give you some information. Okay. Okay, so we're looking for roguey type things. Yes. Um, hmm. We want something that can help you sneak around or help you do things unseen. Yeah. I recommend you look at Mage Hand. Mage Hand. Where Where do I find that? Sorry, like where um, do I in the drop down list of spells? I'm gonna. No, read sorry, I I. I'm looking at all the spells. I mean, like, the description of, like, what they do. Oh, I am. Uh, for some reason, it doesn't give you the ability to click on it in this screen. When you choose spells later, it does give you a description. But oh, um, I can tell you what it does. Okay. So it's a conjuration. You conjure a hand. Um, a spectral floating hand appears at a point you choose within range. The hand lasts for the duration or until you dismiss it. The hand vanishes if it is ever more than 30 feet away from you or if you cast this spell again. You can use your action to control the hand. You can use this hand to manipulate an object, open an unlocked door or container, stow or retrieve an item from an open container, or pour the contents out of a vial. You can move the hand up to 30 feet each time you use it. The hand can't attack, activate magical items, or carry more than 10 pounds. Okay. Interesting. But it what can take the... things out of open containers. Useful as a thief. Yeah. What about Minor Illusion, though? Would minor Illusion's a cool one. In, in my sneaking? Because it would, like... A little distraction? Yeah. You create a sound or an image of an object within range that lasts for the duration. The illusion also ends if you dismiss it as an action or cast a spell again. If you create a sound, its volume can range from a whisper to a scream. It can be your voice, someone else's voice, a lion's roar, or beating drums, or any other sound you can choose. The sound continues unabated throughout the duration, or you can make discrete sounds at different times before the spell ends. If you create an image of an object, such as a chair, muddy footprints, or a small chest, it must be no larger than five foot cube. Uh, the image can't create sound, light, smell, or any other sensory effect. Physical interaction with the image reveals it to be an illusion because things can pass through it. If a creature uses its action to examine the sound or image, the creature can determine that it is an illusion with a successful intelligence against your spell save DC. Mm. It's too much that could go wrong with that one. I don't know. A sound getting someone off your trail can be very useful. 
make a is, bang or yeah. footsteps running away. Or have like a voice that they know call them away. Yep. Yep. Now your range is 30 feet. Not super far, but you could sound like you're you're in another room. You can make yeah. it sound like you're running and hiding in another room. Give you a chance to escape the other way. Yeah. Oh, shoot. I feel like it's but yeah, between Mage Hand and Minor Illusion. Okay. Two two very good ones. I th- I think I'm gonna go. Oh my gosh. Okay, so I just <laughs> this is stressing me out because I was playing a game called Little Hope on my streaming where it's like your decisions like alter the story. <laughs> and it's like this is like I know it's like I'm gonna like whatever one I choose, there's gonna come a time in a uh campaign where I'm like, oh, if I had chosen the other one, I could use it in this instance. <laughs> it's true. But luckily when you play D&D, you're mostly playing with friends and, and a party. So hopefully someone That's else true. has that spell that you don't. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to go minor illusion. Minor illusion. That's a great choice. Yeah. yeah. That's a great choice. I'm going to go minor illusion. Okay. So let's choose that and click on the next page. And now we get to choose our class. So yes. have you given any thought to the class? Of course. We're going to go rogue. Yes. Rogue. We want to sneak around. Which is actually so crazy because before I kind of talked about what I wanted my character to be like, I was leaning a completely different direction. You were leaning wizard. Yeah. I was. Yeah. So this is hilarious for me. Okay. Uh, So let's go into the handbook. And let's find the rogue. I'm at cleric. Hmm. It just had a way that I zoomed out and could see, like, all the pages small. Oh, here we go. On my, I'm looking at it on my iPod. So there was, like, a way that, yeah, I found it where I could. Here we go. Classes. There's so many classes, too, which yeah. makes it, like, harder to, like. But here on the go. iPod, you can just zoom out and, like, it's, like, I can see six pages on one. So it's, like, easier to find it. So from the book, yeah. Signaling for her companions to wait, a halfling creeps forward through the dungeon hall. She presses an ear to the door, then pulls out a set of tools and picks the lock in the blink of an eye. Then she disappears into the shadows as her fighter friend moves forward to kick the door open. A human lurks in the shadows of an alley while his accomplice prepares for her part in the ambush. When their target, a notorious slaver, passes the alleyway, the accomplice cries out. The slaver comes to investigate and the assassin's blade cuts his throat before he can make a sound. Suppressing a giggle, a gnome waggles her fingers and magically lifts the key ring from the guard's belt. In a moment, the keys are in her hand, the cell door is open, and she and her companions are free to make their escape. Rogues rely on skill, stealth, and their foe's vulnerabilities to get the upper hand in any situation. They have a knack for finding the solution to just about any problem, demonstrating a resourcefulness and versatility that is the cornerstone of any successful adventuring party. Does that sound fun? The opposite of my skills in real life. <laughs> but that's the great part about this. You don't I need know, to worry about your real so life good. skills. <laughs> I love it so much. This sounds awesome. I'm actually I'm so excited about this. Okay, I'll continue then. Rogues devote as much effort to mastering the use of a variety of skills as they do to perfecting their combat abilities, giving them a broad expertise that few other characters can match. Many rogues focus on stealth and deception, while others refine the skills that help them in a dungeon environment such as climbing, finding and disarming traps, and opening locks. When it comes to combat, rogues prioritize cunning over brute strength. 
A rogue would rather make one precise strike, placing it exactly where the attack will hurt the target most, than wear down an opponent with a barrage of attacks. Rogues have an almost supernatural knack for avoiding danger, and a few learn magical tricks to supplement their other abilities. Every town and city has its share of rogues. Most of them live up to the worst stereotypes of the class, making a living as burglars, assassins, cut purses, and con artists. Often, these scoundrels are organized into thieves' guilds and crime families. Families of, oh, sorry, plenty of rogues operate independently, but even they sometimes recruit apprentices to help them in their scams and heists. A few rogues make an honest living as locksmiths, investigators, or exterminators, which can be a dangerous job in the world where dire rats and were-rats haunt the sewers. As adventurers, rogues fall on both sides of the law. Some are hardened criminals who decide to seek their fortune in treasure hoards, while others take up a life of adventure to escape from the law. Some have learned that some have learned and perfected their skills with the explicit purpose of infiltrating ancient ruins and hidden crypts in search of a treasure. So cool. So fun stuff. So let's get to what they do. Your hit points. So each class has a different set of how healthy it is, like how much hit points they have. How much okay. damage they can take. Um, your hit dice is 1d8 per rogue level. So hit points at first level, 8 plus your constitution modifier. We will get there. Uh, thanks to D&D, a lot of this stuff, which is which seems very confusing on paper, thanks to D&D Beyond, it, it does it for you. <laughs> okay. okay. I was like, this is where I get tripped up. <laughs> yes. That is that is completely fair. So um, when you reach the 8th level, and again at 10th, 12th, 16th, and 19th level, you can increase one ability score of your choice by two, or you can increase two abilities choice, uh, two ability scores of your choice by one. So that means that if you are finding yourself lacking in, say, um, acrobatics, you could pop two skill points into acrobatics to make okay. yourself more nimble. Gotcha. Um, when you reach 12th level and again at 16th and 19th level, you can increase one ability score of your choice by two or you can increase... Wait, did I just read that? Mm. Nope, this is a different one. <laughs> uh, you can get another one. Or you can increase two ability score by one. As normal, you can't increase an ability score above 20 using this feature. When you reach the 16th level and again at the 19th... You can... Oh, it's the same thing. It's just repeating. Oh, okay. Um, okay. At first level, choose two of your skill proficiencies or one of your skill proficiencies and your proficiency with Thieves tools. Your proficiency bonus is doubled for any ability check that you make that uses either of these chosen proficiencies. So that means you're really, really good at it. Okay. Um, sneak attack. This one's the most important, I think, in combat for rogues. Yeah. Beginning at first level, you know how to strike subtly and, ex and exploit a foe's distraction. Once per turn, you can deal an extra 1d6 damage to a creature you hit with an attack if you have advantage on the attack roll. The attack must use a finesse or ranged weapon. You don't need advantage on the attack roll if another, uh, if another enemy of the target is within 5 feet of it. That enemy isn't incapacitated, and you don't have disadvantage on the attack roll. Advantage and disadvantage on attack rolls, we can discuss for also, sure. So what does one like what is 1d6, 1d8? So those are the dice that we're using. So the d6 is the six-sided die. Okay. Okay, sorry. I was like I don't get it. That's all right. <laughs> one thing about D&D is there's so much jargon. Yeah. Tons of jargon and you, and you just got to kind of know it. Okay. Okay. Um 
Thieves Can't. During your rogue training, you learned a Thieves Can't, a secret mix of dialect, jargon, and code that allows you to hide messages in seemingly normal conversation. It's like a language that's just developed for thieves. Okay. Um, only another creature that knows Thieves Can't understands such messages. It takes four times longer to convey such a message than it does to speak the same idea plainly. Ah. In addition, you understand a set of secret signs and symbols used to convey short, simple messages, such as whether an idea is dangerous or the territory... Sorry, whether an area is dangerous or the territory of a thieves' guild, whether loot is nearby, or whether the people in an area are easy marks or will provide a safe house for thieves on the run. That's cool. It's kind of like, you know how um, the the tramps and hobos of the 30s and, and kind of early 20th century America, they used to leave chalk marks everywhere for each other. So it'd be like, this house is mean to us. This house will provide for us. Uh, there's a place that you can sleep next door. Yeah, I, I totally paid attention in history class. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I didn't know that. That's pretty cool, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's kind of, kind of neat. Um, at the third level, you choose an archetype that you emulate in the exercises of your rogue's ability. Thief, detailed at the end of the class description, or one from another source. Your archetype choice grants you features at third level and again at ninth. So you basically specialize as a type of rogue. Okay. Um, starting at the fifth level, when an attacker that you can see hits you with an attack, you can use your reaction to have the attack's damage against you. It's really useful. Beginning at the That's seventh cool. level, you can nimbly dodge out of the way of certain area effects, such as an ancient red dragon's fiery breath or an ice storm spell. When you ha are subjected to an effect that allows you to make a dexterity saving throw to take only half damage, you instead take no damage if you succeed on the saving throw and only half damage if you fail. Oh. Really, really good. Which is good yeah. as a rogue because you don't you don't you don't have a lot of health. You don't really want to get hit. Oh God! <laughs> yeah, you're not as bad as like a, a as a wizard who like can get oh, sneezed God. on and die. Like wizards <laughs> die, man. They have low oh, health. Oh, thank God I didn't go well, with wizards because they're so powerful, right? Like they can do so much damage. If you made them immortal, that'd be no good. They've got like True, six fair. health at level one. Like they're very that's very. Fair. They can get wiped out by a tree falling near them. <laughs> uh, reliable talent. <laughs> By 11th level, you have refined your chosen skill until they approach perfection. When you make an ability check that lets you add your proficiency bonus, you can treat a d20 roll of 9 or lower as a 10. So if you roll a 2, it's a 10. Oh. Yeah. You can't roll that's, below 10. That's sick. Starting at 14th level, if you are able to hear, you are aware of the location of any hidden or invisible creature within 10 feet of you. You have keen senses. So handy. Slippery mind. By 15th level, you have acquired greater mental strength. You gain proficiency in wisdom saving throws. If anyone's trying to charm you. So that's also good. I mean, you're an elf. You already have proficiency against being charmed. True. Mm -hmm. um, beginning in the 18th level, you are so evasive that attackers rarely gain the upper hand against you. No attack roll has advantage against you while you aren't incapacitated. <laughs> so if, on your, if you're on your feet and free, they can't hit you. <laughs> really. <laughs> they're not, yeah, not going to have so advantage. Cool. Uh, at the 20th level, you have an uncanny knack for succeeding when you need to. If your attack misses a target within range, you can turn the miss into a hit. Alternatively, if you fail an ability check, you can treat the, the d20 roll as a 20. Are you kidding me? Once you use this feature, you can't use it again until you finish a short or long rest, or for you, a meditation. That's... <laughs> My character is so cool already. It's, yeah, right? Isn't that awesome? Yeah. Uh, so proficiencies. These are the things that you as a, as a rogue are good at, okay? You okay. use light armor, okay? So you're not walking around with, like, plate armor on you or you're just wearing like chain mail or something simple weapons so like knives uh frying pans whatever is is around hand crossbows 
long swords, rapiers, and short swords. Uh, you can use thieves' tools, which are typically lock lock picks. Um, you have saving throws and dexterity and intelligence. So you'll get um, any time that you need to react to someone in a way that like takes those skills into effect. You're gonna have advantage on them. Oh um, and choose from four. You have four skills that you can choose. Acrobatics, athletics, deception, insight, intimidation, investigation, perception, performance, persuasion, sleight of hand, and stealth. Wow. So you've already got a couple of those. Um, yeah. And as a rogue, I would probably say you want stealth for sure. Yeah. Um, and then the rest are kind of up to you. Acrobatics might be good. Athletics would be good. Maybe deception or insight or intimidation is up to you. Yeah, I was thinking about deception. Nice. I think deception for sure what like what would be the different difference between like athletics and acrobatics like if you're athletic then shouldn't you kind of be good at acrobatics too an athlete can run very far and lift heavy things but an acrobat can jump over things and get through small spaces and contort their body in different ways oh there's there's a lot of things like that where they're similar like intelligence and wisdom what's the difference yeah well intelligence is more like I can solve math equations right. when they're when I'm presented with something new. I've got like a plastic mind that is able to solve new problems. Wisdom is I've dealt with this before. I've learned about this. I know how this works. Right. Yeah. Okay. So I've got stealth, deception. I think I'm gonna go acrobatics. Channel my inner Laura Laura Griffin. Cool. Acrobatics and <laughs> oh, shoot. I'm already good at like uh, already have stealth. Sleight of hand, I feel like as a rogue, aren't you kind of already good at that? Not necessarily. So this could be no. you take something and you do a magic trick with it to hide it, and they have no idea where it did it, like a cup and ball routine. Okay. That could be pretty useful. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go with that one. I think sleight of hand would be. Also, you could pickpocket with that. I yeah. Think. Um, because okay. there are some. Uh, magicians out there who make pickpocketing part of their whole yeah, show. That's true. Okay. And it requires chose... sleight of hand. That's true. I chose four. Cool. Okay, awesome. Let's add class. Okay. And then we'll add those into the um, D&D Beyond. So we'll choose our rogue skills. Okay. You said add acrobatics, class. stealth. What were the Where other ones? I... Wait, did I do something wrong? <laughs> Maybe. What'd you do? No, probably not. Just go to oh, the next proficiencies. screen. Proficiencies. Yes. That's, yeah. Okay. Okay. So yeah. So I did uh, stealth, mm-hmm. acrobatics. Yeah. Uh, deception. Yeah. And sleight of hand. Perfect. Now we get to choose our expertises. Oh. My expertise are the. Where do I find those? Uh, that'll be just below underneath, um, like if you keep going down that same page, it'll ask you to make two choices for expertise. Oh, sorry. I meant in the, like the description of these expertises. Oh, uh, that's. Oh. Choose rogue expertise. It's probably going to be thieves tools and stealth for you. Yeah. Because you've chosen everything else. Well, I already have stealth though as well. Oh, True. Stealth, I don't have deception, perception. perception. So I think it should be. Steve's well, this is the one that you want to double your proficiency. Oh, I want to double towards. it. 
Okay. So so stealth for stealth, sure. I want to yep. double that. And you get to choose two more of these at the sixth level. Oh, okay. So maybe I'll do. What would help you early on? Stealth for sure. Maybe perception yeah. as well, but um, probably not deception. I don't. I don't normally recommend no. new players try to deceive NPCs. No, 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 no. I guess yeah. I guess perception probably. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Perception and stealth. Okay. Cool. Great. Okay, so I think we can go to the next page then. Okay. And now we get to add in those roles. The most exciting part of oh my gosh, okay, making this the is, character. This is a this is a stressful part because you want to you got okay. Anyways. Well, this is where we find out how good your character is at stuff, right? Okay. Now we were going to record this episode last week, and I recorded roles for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to talk about the ways that you can generate roles. The, okay. These are your character stats. Okay. They basically these numbers decide how well your character does at any given thing. So. We've got strength, dexterity, constitution, intelligence, wisdom, and charisma. Um, a lot of them are kind of straightforward. Constitution is your internal stick to I guess. Your braveness, your what you're made of. Um, right. Is that like survivability? It can be. It can yeah, be, okay. for sure. Um, and intelligence, wisdom, I just discussed the, the kind of difference between that. Right. And then charisma is basically confidence, I would say. Okay. Um, it's your internal flair. I was going to say, because like for me, charisma would be like, like how like people react to me, you know, like how I can like make people love me because I'm yes, so cool. Yes, exactly. Like if you're very charismatic, you, you're a people person. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, for sure. Okay. So there are handy. three ways that you can, you can decide these stats. Okay. One is called the standard array, which is a set of numbers that Wizards of the Coast has put out, and this will get you a very balanced character. I tend to use that mostly for making NPCs or non-player characters because it creates a nice balanced character. Right. Um, There's another one called point by, which works kind of like your standard RPG where a certain amount of points uh, to put into your stats costs an amount of points that you get to buy from so you get 20 points i think and you can buy scores from that okay i yeah that's similar to like video games yeah yeah exactly okay um my favorite method is the roll method manual method um there's a ton there's as as many ways to to roll as there are people who roll them but (laughs) my preferred way of rolling is i mean you've got to do the four and drop one so you got to roll four d6 and drop one okay so you take the you take the highest three out of the four Add them together, and that's your number. Okay. You need six numbers because we have six skills here. Strength, dexterity, constitution, intelligence, wisdom, and charisma. Um, but I roll seven and drop the lowest. Okay. Um, I actually didn't do that for your scores because your scores I rolled really well. Um, <laughs> and yes! Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't think I needed to do anything. Like, okay, so the standard array, okay, you get... A 15, a 14, a 13, a 12, a 10, and an 8. And you can assign those to whichever column that you do. What you got was a 17, a 17, a 15, a 15, an 11, and an 11. (laughs) 
they're amazing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And like normally, like if you really want to like cherry pick it, you can run this process three, four times and take the best one. I ran it once and you got that. And I was like, I'm not getting you anymore. Because those, <laughs> really, <laughs> those are pretty good rolls. Um, so now we get to decide where these go. So let's on D&D Beyond, we get to choose a generation method. We're going to do manual slash rolled. All right. Oh, shoot. Okay. Manual slash rolled. All right. And now we're going to need to assign these things. So we need to assign these like we're a elf rogue. Oh, goodness. And we need to find what would make a uh, elf rogue good. Okay. Uh, okay. First, well, I'm thinking dexterity. I was just going to say dexterity for sure. <laughs> yep. Yep. Your ability to get around is going to be extremely important. So let's take a 17 and pop that in dexterity. Okay. Perfect. Um, Perfect. Now, what do you want to, what do you want your, like, social kind of build to be? Like, do you want to be good at kind of being a sneaky investigator? Or are you looking to be a sneaky person that can manipulate people? Okay, so hear me out. Okay. <laughs> I'm thinking I want to put a high score in charisma because I like you said, like, I want to be like that person that everyone kind of like loves and like okay. won't suspect. They're like, oh, no, it couldn't be her. <laughs> Perfect. That is an okay. amazing idea. Do that. OK. Uh, okay. Charisma will help you emphasize kind of um, the deception and the social right? uh, Machiavellianism where you're kind of making people do your your bidding and making them think things that aren't true and you're gaslighting the NPCs. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah I think that'd be so fun. <laughs> cool. Okay. Then so, um, you've got four left. So you, we've used your two 17s. We've got two 15s and wait, two 11s. We used, oh, 17 and charisma. Yeah. 17 and charisma. Okay. Sorry. I wasn't sure. I couldn't remember my, I couldn't remember all my numbers. So I wasn't sure if I still had a 17 or what the next highest was. <laughs> yeah. You got two 17s, two 15s and two 11s. And two 11s. Oh, okay. Perfect. Okay. Um, I would say your next one should probably go into intelligence. Yeah. Um, because you want to be able to be smart on be your feet. Smart. Yes, I want to be a smart deceiver. Well, yeah. And when you come to a door, for example, that looks like it's locked, you want to be intelligent enough to be able to decide what's going to get you through that door. Right. Very true. Very true. So I would say put that into intelligence. And we've got another 15. This okay. is where where it's going to start to get tricky. We get down to the final three. Yeah. And this is where, like, do we want a good constitution so that if something happens? I think I, so I was leaning towards putting it in constitution because I feel like strength and constitution, I feel like those are kind of like, like the way that uh, it's like intelligence and wisdom are kind of similar. And then like strength and constitution, it's like strength as I understand, like how strong and stuff you are. But mm. constitution is like how well you can like get through things, I want to say, or like deal with things. And I feel like those are kind of like the same. So I don't want to have two 11s or like two 15s and intelligence and wisdom. Like I want to break those up, if that makes sense. To what I I'm agree. Saying. Like I want to break agree. the 15 up. And I think I want to put the 15 in constitution. OK, so constitution and intelligence. Yeah. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense. And then 11 in strength and wisdom. Cool. Ooh. That's good. Because, like, 
in your party, you should have someone who's strong. You'll have like a barbarian or a paladin or a warrior. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's not like. And that's you know, not where you excel. You're supposed exactly. you sneak around I'm an the elf. door. I'm little and I sneak and I don't need to be like super, super strong. Yeah. Okay. So we've entered those in. Um, so you can just go to the next page now. Okay. And those will be your stats. Ooh, my extra language. Now we get to choose your extra language. So what do you think would be helpful? I will tell you the world that I'm building for you takes place in the Lost Realms. It happens on the Sword Coast, um, which is an area very common in D&D. So it'll be the typical races, typical languages. What? The typical races, typical languages. Yeah, so there'll be dwarves, there will be halflings, (laughs) gnomes, uh, maybe some arcane stuff. Um, But you're a rogue, so what do you think would be good for a rogue? Ooh. I almost, okay. So I'm looking at, because you said dwarves and gnomes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking between dwarfish and gnomish. Probably going to be more like dwarves than gnomes. More dwarves and okay, so here, so hear me out. Okay, and you can you can tell me I'm wrong. Yeah, I feel like dwarves, and I don't know if this goes for like dwarves in D and can't remember like, uh, but I feel like they're very mistrusting of people. Okay, I feel like if I knew their language, that would make them almost distrust me more. Distrust you more. Mm. Maybe. Why does this elf know our language? Yeah. I get you. But it could be the opposite way, too. It could be like, oh, she knows our language. Maybe she has acquaintances. Because gnomes to me are so cute. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I think I'm going to go dwarfish. Okay, you're going to learn dwarfish. Very, very cool. I'm going to learn dwarfish. And I'm going to befriend Gimli. Nice. Oh, my gosh. I'm like, oh, no, I'm not a wood elf. Never mind. I was going to be like, I'm Legolas and Gimli. <laughs> but I went high elf. <laughs> yeah. And to be fair, a lot of these, like, there's a lot of, um, again, jargon in these. Like, do you know what Fidelkin is? Do you know what Crawl is? No, I'm looking at all these, like, uh, I was like, I know gnomes and I know dwarves. I know minotaurs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I'm going to stick with Dwarvish. Cool. If you change your mind ever before the first campaign, you can, I can, just you change, can change it for sure. Okay, cool. Uh, cool. Your background. So this is just kind of, um, these are common for everyone. What, oh. kind of, what kind of background you have, what kind of family you come from. So are you an acolyte? Are you a criminal, folk, hero, haunted one, noble, sage, soldier? Um, I'd say you're probably along the lines of, I mean, you could do a custom background, but folk, hero. Would be fair for yeah. you, or even criminal or spy, would be good. Come, Maybe spy come. would be good. Let's see, spy. I like that. It lets me know. Uh, it gives you like a little breakdown. Mm-hmm. I'm an experienced criminal with a history of breaking the law. You have spent a lot of time among other criminals, and still have contacts with the criminal underworld. You're far closer than most people to the world of murder, theft, and violence that pervades the underbelly of civilization, and you have survived up to this point by flouting the rules and regulations of society. Does that sound like your character? I don't think so. I don't think so either. 
No. You're definitely here, not an acolyte. Let's look at folk hero. Mm-hmm. So you come from a humble social rank, but you are destined for so much more. Already the people of your home village regard you as their champion, and your destiny calls you to stand against the tyrants and monsters that threaten the common folk everywhere. Maybe. Maybe. Haunted one, you're, you've done something so terrible that you dare not speak of it. You've tried to bury it and run away from it to no avail. Whatever this thing is that haunts you can't be slain with a sword or banished with a spell. It might come to you as a shadow on the wall or blood-curdling nightmare, a memory that refuses to die, or a demonic whisper in the dark. The burden has taken its toll, isolating you from most people and making you question your sanity. You must find a way to overcome it before it destroys you. Hmm. That's not me. No. No. Are you a noble? Are you powerful and privileged? Is your family old and established? No. You have a coat of arms? Okay, we're not a noble. Are we a sage? Did you spend years learning the lore of the multiverse, scouring manuscripts and scrolls? Maybe I am a folk hero. Maybe I'm just at that beginning of my journey, you know? That tends to be that tends to be a um a very good common one to grab. It gives you a skill proficiency in animal handling, which Oh, that's cool. Um and survival. Yeah. I would honestly say be a spy. Yeah. Okay. To your best because it gives you a, a big option of what you can do. That's true. And it does. You know what? I got to get out of my head. I am not my character. This is true. This is true. And also the description describes criminals. It doesn't describe describe spies. That's true. I think I was getting hung up on that. I'm like, yeah. I'm not close to the murder world. <laughs> but as a rogue, you are. As a rogue, you take people out quietly. You slit throats. That's true. That's true. You're okay, kind of we'll go criminal spy. Making people go quietly is kind of your thing. That's true. Okay, we'll go spy. Okay, skill proficiencies. Okay. We get to choose a bunch of these. Um, so oh, you can wow. choose something that would be good for your, for uh, a rogue, like investigation or persuasion or survival. Ooh, survival. Right? Survival? Because I feel like I need a proficiency in survival since I'm weak. Yeah, that'll be stuff like... Um, are you able to go fishing with your hands or build a lean-to or uh, do you know what to do when you're in the middle of the desert? Yeah, I need that. I for sure need that as a rogue. Cool. Awesome. And then you get to choose a second skill. Ooh. I'd say maybe investigation's a good choice. That's what I, w- I was literally just going to say. I think investigation. Cool. Okay. And now cool we get... proficiencies. Yeah, so you get the proficiency in, in game... In a game, which I would definitely say um, either dice set, playing card set, or three dragon anti set. Uh, well, what are these? <laughs> so these are um, these are games that you can play. Um, and if you're proficient okay. in them, you know how to play them and you're good at them. Um, okay. But if you're good at a dice set as a rogue and you're liking, and you like to steal things, that can be good. If you know how to roll dice well or you have some trick dice that you can hide. Um, uh, okay. Got a playing card set. You can stack the deck a little bit. Maybe yeah. do some three card Monty, find the queen, and take their money. Okay, I'm gonna go dice set. Cool. Because dice set seems the most universal. Sure, I like if that it. That makes sense. Plus, okay. it's D and D. We need a dice set anyway. That's true. <laughs> Very true. Uh, and you get one more. You get a tool proficiency. You're already good with thieves' tools. Am I? 
Yes, because you're a thief. So you're already proficient with oh, thief right. tools. Okay. Okay. Oh my gosh. Okay, let's see. <laughs> Bagpipes, hilarious. <laughs> okay, what now I might be overthinking this. Being good at a with calligraphers supplies, would that mean that like I could like make my writing look like other people's writing to like trick people? Ooh, I think as DM, uh on a good check you would be able to. Um you'd make something yeah. that would look fairly close and be recognizable as someone's signature. I think that would be fair to say. Oh wait, but there's, but there's a, a forgery, forgery kit, kit, which would be even better. I want forgery kit. Forgery kit. Yeah. Forgery kit. Uh, here's a skill that you get from being a criminal. You have a reliable and trustworthy contact who acts as your liaison to a network of other criminals. So he could also be a spy to a network of spies. Okay. Um, you know how to get messages to and from your contact, even over great distances. Specifically, you know the local messengers, corrupt caravan masters, and seedy sailors who can deliver messages for you. So you can get this. information at any time and give information. I love this so much. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the next stuff, these suggested characteristics, these are just kind of personal things. Um, you can okay. roll a D8 to choose them at random, or you can choose one specifically. Okay, let me read through them first. So, one is, I always have a plan for what to do when things go wrong. Two, I am always calm, no matter what the situation. I never raise my voice or let my emotions control me. Ooh, that might be good for being a spy. Three, the first thing I do in a new place is note the locations of everything valuable or where such things could be hidden. Also a good one. Four, I would rather make a new friend than a new enemy. Ooh, cringe. Five, I am incredibly slow to trust. Nope. Six, I don't pay attention to the risks in a situation. Not a good spy. <laughs> Seven, the best way to get me to do something is to tell me I can't do it. Sometimes that actually works on me in real life. Eight, I blow up at the slightest. I, you know what? I think I might go with two. You get to choose two. Oh, I get to choose two. Okay, well, yep. I'm definitely going to go with two. Okay. Because I think staying calm. Very important. Especially as an elf, important. that seems very in character. Yeah. Uh, you I could also, to stay in character as elf, I blow up at the slightest insult. Because elves oh, are very proud. That's true. Oh, but then that, but that is contradictory to me always staying calm. That is. You're absolutely right. Mm. And I'm wondering if, okay, but hear me out, I can go a little bit less to that degree, but still stay proud by the best way to get me to do something is telling me I can't do it. Yes, that's fair. as an elf, I would be proud and be like, well, screw you, I can do it. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm an elf, I can do anything. Yeah. Cool, okay, okay awesome. Those, okay. Let's go into your ideals. Ooh. This one, you just okay. choose one. Okay, let's see. Honor, I don't steal from others. <laughs> Freedom. Chains are meant to be broken, as are those who would forge them. That seems kind of like what my character would be like. Cool. Charity. I steal from the wealthy so that I can help people in need, but that could also be you. like a little Maybe Robin Hood thing, right? Like I'm a yeah. good spy. Yeah, for sure. Oh, I'm going with that. I like that one. Cool. Little, nice. A little, little Robin, Robin Hood. Hood-esque. Yeah. Okay, then we got bonds and flaws. Let's do bonds. Okay, so one, I'm trying to pay off an old debt I owe to a generous benefactor. Psh, I would never fall into debt. 
Two, my ill-gotten gains go to support my family. Interesting. Three, something important was taken from me and I aim to steal it back. Ooh. I don't want to become the best thief that ever lived. I'm not guilty of a crime, no. Ooh, okay. I think I'm going to go with something important was taking, taken from me. Uh, shoot. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> oh, this is hard. <laughs> I don't like number one. I don't want to become. I'm also like sick. Someone I loved died because of a mistake I made that will never happen again. I like kind of that like. But also something important was taken from me. I'm going to go three. Three. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that on like your free time. Find out what that thing was that they took from you and why it's so important and why you need to steal it back and okay. how you plan to do it. Okay. Because that's all great stuff to bring into decisions that your character makes. Okay. What was... Okay. Freya was stolen. <laughs> <laughs> they took my dog. <laughs> what was stolen from me? The hell? I got a bag. Okay. Cool. Okay. And then finally we move on to flaws. Ooh, okay. Okay, so the options are, one, when I see something valuable, I can't think about anything but how to steal it. Two, when faced with a choice between money and my friends, I usually choose the money. Three, if there's a plan, I'll forget it. If I don't forget it, I'll ignore it. Four, I have a tell that reveals when I'm lying. Five, I turn tail and run when things look bad. And six, an innocent person is in prison for a crime that I committed, and I'm okay with that. Shoot, I don't like any of these. Well, it's your flaw. You're not supposed to like it. You're supposed to carry okay. that cross with you. Okay, um... Oh my gosh, okay. Because <laughs> I'm like... This is so silly, this thought process that I have, but it's like all of these other than six, I feel like would turn around to bite me in my butt during a campaign. You know what I mean? Like having a tell. Yeah, that wouldn't be good for you at all. No tell. Yeah. Like running away. Couldn't not be, won't be too up. bad. And it also wouldn't be that out of character for a rogue. Because yeah? you do want to avoid getting into a big fight. Like, you're not trying True. to fight the security guards. You're trying to attack them from the shadow. Running away when things look bad might be a flaw for a paladin. But yeah. for a rogue, it's just getting you safe. And it's not like you plan to run away forever. You're just planning to get a okay. better vantage point. Okay. I'm going to go with that one then because it didn't really sit right with me to choose number six. But I was really worried that all the other ones would bite me in my butt. <laughs> yeah, fair. So I'm going to go with five. I turn tail and run when things look bad. Yeah. And it's fair. You like to have the upper hand. That's what being a rogue is all about is having advantage on attack rolls. And if you don't feel True. like that, you're putting yourself into a bad situation. True. Okay. Cool. All right. Cool. So we got some more. Awesome. We got four more drop down menus here um okay they're the kind of like your character's built right now so you know yes um but okay. we can do the minor stuff so like alignment when you hear things like lawful good lawful neutral chaotic good uh, uh lawful evil you got a bunch of options you're an elf you're gonna be towards neutral or good 
Um, okay. And you're also going to be on the um, neutral to lawful end of things. Okay. So like lawful neutral. Yeah, or true neutral, but probably or- probably lawful neutral or neutral good. Neutral good. I wouldn't say lawful for you because you're a rogue. Okay. You don't necessarily care too much about the rules. That's true. Okay, so neutral good. Yeah, yeah, because you, you okay. steal to give to the people who need it. Nah, I'm Robin Hood. Yeah, that's I good. I love it. Okay, neutral uh, good. Faith, you don't need to worry about. Mm-hmm. Lifestyle, that kind of starts you with a certain amount of money. Um, okay. I would say comfortable would be fair for a, for an elf of over 100 yeah. years old. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Um. I don't know, maybe. Oh, physical characteristics. <laughs> this is my favorite part. Yeah, this is where you can uh, choose your, well, height, age, hair, skin, eyes, all that kind of stuff. This is where I need my, I need my, my book. Yeah. All right. So okay, you can be about five feet to six feet. Okay. Or maybe I'm probably going to be small. I want to be a small little elf. Okay, where's small my Small elf? elf. Like, I want to be on the, like, five foot. Where's my elf? Okay, here we go. And I am... Here we go. Okay, so hair color for a high elf is normally silver, white, black, or blue. I think I want silver white hair. Silver white? Okay. Yeah, a little bit Daenerys Targaryen, you know? Oh, yeah, nice. Yeah. Uh, with bronze. Wait, hold on. Oh, hold on. I lied. Wait, what? Oh, moon elf. No, okay, hold on. I read that wrong. Moon elves can have silver white hair. Mm, and you're a high elf, right? I'm a high yeah, but why are why are sun elves and moon elves underneath high elves? Uh, because they're both types of high elves. Oh, so I could be a moon elf. You could be, or like I could have those characteristics, or no. Uh you could. There are two types of high elves. Oh. Okay, let's do. Okay, I'm. Uh, let's. Oh. Do you find yourself okay. haughty and reclusive and superior type, or? Um, I mean, the other type. Where are you sitting? Uh, under the blurb where it says high elves, uh, it says yeah. there are two types of high elves. You've got the one type, which includes the gray elves and valley elves of Greyhawk, the Sylvanesti yes. of Dragonlance, and the sun elves of the Forgotten Realms. They are haughty oh, yeah, and reclusive. More, I'm definitely more moon elf, more common and more friendly. Okay, awesome. But not if I'm a rogue. Or, or is that okay to be like that? It would no, because I'm charisma. It would be fine. Yeah, it would be fine yeah, because you're okay. uh, you're around the um, the common people. You'd blend in. It'd be good. Okay, yes. Okay, so then I want silver. Uh, yeah, okay. So you're a moon And I was on the right track. Yeah. Very cool. So a silver yeah. elf. So you want okay. silver white hair. Silver white hair with... Uh, moon elves are much paler. Alabaster skin. Alabaster. Is that like... Pale white. Oh, but that's too much pale then. Hold on. Oh. They often have Okay, so then I might need to change my hair. Hold on. Cause I don't like the silver white on the very white 
pale skin. Mm. Let's do... No, let's do it. I don't care. I'd say Daenerys Targaryen skin is... It's, yeah. Let's do silver white alabaster skin. Ooh, eyes. Okay, what other, what are my eye options? Moon elves, also called silver elves. I don't much paler. Blue or green and flecked with gold. Ooh, green. Green. Green with gold flecks. Because that's kind of like hazily, which are what my eyes are. Yes. Just like the opposite. Height, I want to be a flat five foot. Five foot? Awesome. Yeah, I want to be small. Oh, my weight. How how much can I About 100 pounds. Okay. Perfect. (laughs) That seems like a healthy, actually. Five feet. Yeah. 100-ish pounds for an elf. Yeah. Um, My age. So I'm an adult, so I'm 105 years old. Okay. (laughs) You're just an adult. You're still kind of, uh, you're almost like a a young adult, like a 22-year-old. Yeah, yeah. Just starting out, you know? (laughs) Nice. Gender, I am female. Personal characteristics. Oh, this, okay. So this this is is what we've done. This is where, yeah, we've already done this stuff. Okay, cool. We've done that. And then notes, don't worry about that. That's all. Okay. Deeper stuff. So I can go to the next page. We can go to the next page. Uh, And it's going to be your starting equipment. We're just going to quick equipment. Okay. And I'm going to say. Ooh. Well, I think a short sword because it didn't say I'm proficient in it. You are. Yep. Short sword's good. You're also good with short bows. So I would grab that short bow and a quiver of 20 arrows. Yeah, definitely. I would also recommend getting a burglar's pack. Uh, Yeah, definitely. There you go. You get a thousand ball bearings, 10 feet of string, a bell, five candles, a crowbar, a hammer, 10 pittens, a hooded lantern, uh, two flasks of oil, five days of rations, a tinderbox, and a water skin. Let's get 50 feet of hempen rope strapped to the inside of it. Cool. What's a pitten? That's uh, a pitten is a very good question. (laughs) Uh, In climbing, a pitten is a metal spike that is driven into a crack or seam Mm. with a climbing hammer. Okay. So it's like those like mountain climbing things. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's like a nail that you put into the stone that you can put a ring in. You can loop things through it. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Cool. Okay, and then, and then I also have an extra crowbar, set of yeah. dark common clothes, including a hood and a pouch containing fifteen gold. Yeah, leather armor, two daggers, and thieves' tools as well. Very good. Okay. That's oh, your my bag. Current, my current inventory, though, don't I need a wait for that? Oh, I have no items in my inventory. Okay, right. <laughs> you have an inventory. Oh, oh, I have to add starting equipment. Sorry, I didn't yeah. do that part. Okay. You should have about 26 pounds of equipment on you. Uh, yep. Yep, good. Okay, and if you click the next arrow, that character is done. You've built it. Ah, that's so cool. Yeah. And you've got some really good scores in here. Like, if you need to do a stealth check, you get plus eight to your stealth. <laughs> so the way stealth works... Um, Say I'm gonna I'm I'd like to roll to go stealth. Okay, so I'm gonna roll my D twenty. Okay. I just rolled a thirteen. Okay. Okay. Uh, I add the plus eight modifier there that I've got, so I've got a twenty one stealth. 
which is above perfect, which means no one can see me. That means um, if anyone were to see me, they'd have to have a passive perception of 21 or higher. Oh, my God. Which means you're invisible. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so excited. Yeah. My character's so cool. Yeah, yeah. you, You built a really cool character. This is awesome. This is so cool. And I just exported it to a PDF. Nice. Which I'm going to send to my iPad. <laughs> Fantastic. And then it's ready for uh, when we go into whatever campaign we go into. Oh, this is so cool. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> I'm so glad you enjoyed it. Uh, now, we don't have a character name for you, do we? Oh, I, no, we did. Oh, I didn't enter it. Neither did I. Uh, Mia Lee. Oh, yeah. Mia Lee Gallandell. Shoot. I didn't enter it either. Uh, oh, no. Oh, no. How do I change it now? Uh, it's not too hard, but, uh, getting the, um, getting the system down on D&D Beyond can be a little frustrating because it changes between what you're accessing it on. So if you click on your character's name. Yes. It'll bring up a little edit box. Mia Lee. Galanadel. Galanadel. Oh, oh, shoot. Yeah? Sorry, I I think I feel like I got to look at the spelling of this. G-A-L-A-N-O-D-E-L. Oh, my God. Okay, I'm going to need you to do that again because I wasn't wasn't ready. That's all right. G-A-L-A. Yep. Gala, N-O-D-E-L. D-E-L. Okay. And then Mia Lee was M-I-A-L-E-E, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. Okay. And then now... Oh. Upload portrait. Yeah, you can make a, you can make a uh, picture of your uh, character. That's one of the more fun things to do is draw your character and get the picture. I would love to be able, if I could draw, that would be so cool. Okay, what has, okay, do any of these have like silver white hair with pale skin? This uh, It's hard because some of them are in black and white. So it's like, well, is your skin pale? <laughs> oh, this girl kind of does. Looks like she's got pale. They all look like they're tanned. <laughs> <laughs> ah, a little Photoshop. I'm sure there's something that makes you paler. Yeah, that's true. Okay, I, I'll do. I'll manage my portrait later. I don't. I don't even know how I got into that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and now I can go to what's next, and then now I can export again. Export to P. But you've got some very solid scores here. I'm very excited for yeah. this. Yeah, this is this is awesome. Your plus eight in stealth is just ridiculous. Yeah, it's so good. Your plus eight in stealth, and I mean, that is that is ridiculous. Oh man, <laughs> I'm excited to see where you can sneak to. This is uh, this is very Me fun. Me too. I'm so excited for when we actually like get to play or what I get to play this character. Yeah. So, how'd you feel about creating the first character? That was exciting. Yeah? yeah I know and, it can take and, a while with all the descriptions of everything, but uh, at least was, you had an idea so we didn't have to go through every class. And Yes. Race. Yeah. That would have taken way too long. Like I knew for sure I wanted to be an elf. It was the class that I was like a little bit not 
sure of mm-hmm. uh, for a bit. And like I said, like, you know, at the beginning, I was like, I think before I think before we started recording, I was like, I think I'm leaning toward wizard. And you were yep. completely di- like uh, different. And it yeah, no, it was a lot of fun and something I wouldn't have been able to do on my own. Oh, my God. Yeah, doing it the first time, you, you, you should have someone doing it with you. There are some YouTube videos that will help walk you through it. Um, but if you ever right. have questions, it's it's best to have someone there that you can ask the questions to. Yes. Um, but the other thing I would say is doing it on D&D Beyond takes out a lot of the difficult stuff of transferring numbers yeah. and doing the math and doing all that stuff. This is, I love D&D Beyond. It's a subscription service for some of the uh, more advanced stuff. But when you're just running okay. your basic character sheet in here... Um, it's a fantastic resource. And through this website, you can actually access all the books and the stories and expansion oh. content and all that kind of stuff um, because it's officially with Wizards of the Coast. It's official D&D stuff. So you're buying it officially. And uh, there's some crazy oh, ways that you can play this game online. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yay! So you got a, you got a character. I'm so glad I that got you enjoyed a character. The, uh, I'm so glad that you enjoyed the experience. And and Mealy is gonna uh, be a sneaky uh, sneaky elf. It's gonna be great. Oh, a sneaky little devil! I'm so excited. Yeah. But uh, I mean, this has been a good long episode. This is a, this, yes. I mean, this is gonna be a special, obviously, because it's twice the yes. length of a regular episode. But definitely, um, definitely a special. We gotta throw those in sometimes, you know. Yeah, but I hope all you <laughs> folks listening out there kind of enjoyed coming up with the character with us too because because i love learning about all these subclasses and all the features that elves can do and it's so fun seeing how it all comes together at the end because now we've got a character that we never would have thought we had this morning and uh she seems just yeah, as real to me as as you know harry potter does like i they're great like i, I can imagine myself interacting with mia lee i was gonna say maybe i'm gonna have some fan fiction about her one day who knows yeah <laughs> it'll be great um <laughs> And so, folks at home, if you're if you're interested in Dungeons and Dragons, um, and you don't necessarily have people that you can play with around a, a table, um, don't let that be a, a sort of limit to you. Because there's lots of ways that you can engage with this with people online. You can find groups of people who are playing on virtual tabletops, um, people around your age, people uh, in the same kind of uh, field as you. A lot of people are playing this game now, and and there's nothing weird or or wrong about it. Uh, you're allowed to use your imagination and make believe as an adult yes it, it, it's yes, very fun please do so if, if anything was ever holding you back from uh, trying this game out go to D beyond and just roll a character make a character read through some of the classes read through some of the things and and just let yourself have fun with it for a bit because you can be anything uh so yeah uh that, that's kind of the message of this episode. D&D is very fun. There's, there's, no, there's no reason to be embarrassed about playing it. Uh, everyone can get into it. Yes, I love it. I love it. <laughs> awesome. You've been listening to the Nerdy Thoughts Podcast. Your hosts today were Mimi Q.U. and Ted Linden. Music and production for the Nerdy Thoughts Podcast is by Black Bear Sound Productions. Find us on our socials at Nerdy Thoughts Cast. And tune in next time for another great interview with another big fan. Who knows? Maybe you'll find your new fandom. <laughs>